Welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com Mid-Major Podcast, Episode 14. I'm Chris McKee, your host. Plenty of things to talk about. Really busy weekend in the world of college basketball. First and foremost, the new AP Top 25 released yesterday. The Gonzaga Bulldogs remain the number one team in the country. They're 12-0 after beating Portland comfortably 116-88 over the weekend behind 26 points from Drew Timmy. And then the big stat line of the night, Joel Ayayi, 12 points, 13 rebounds, 14 assists, the first ever triple-double in Gonzaga school history. Absolutely mind-blowing. And when you think about it, Joel Ayayi is probably the fifth best player on Gonzaga and would more than likely be the best player on a significant portion of other top 25 teams in the AP poll. And so the Zags deep man, you know, unbelievable. So if you don't know anything about Ayayi, he's from Bordeaux, France. Played for France in the, you know, FIBA U19s and all throughout the, you know, coming up as a youth. He's 20 years old. And if I was doing play-by-play for Ayayi, I'd have a whole bunch of like wine references set up and be like, Joel Ayayi in Vino and Veritas in Wine is Truth. Joel Ayayi is the truth. And so there you go. You can see my play-by-play skills, which have been a little rusty because I haven't had too much live basketball to call. We just got announced here in Toronto, a full 28-day stay-at-home order. Absolute trash. I mean, I don't want to get into it, you know, but uh, either way, I'm none too happy. But the Zags cruising at 12-0. They have Pepperdine up tomorrow, who Pepperdine 4-5. and So anticipate Gonzaga to be 13-0 heading into the weekend. So St. Louis, the other team, the other mid-major team in the AP Top 25, they slid to number 24 this week. We're 23 last week. Still 7-1 in the A-10. I don't think they should be right. I think there's a good 10 or so other mid-major programs that are better than them. Boise State, for one, which we'll get to. So later in the episode, I'm going to go through an article that I wrote yesterday. I wrote it over the weekend, posted it yesterday on undraftedfreeagent.com. I ranked all 24 mid-major conferences from number one to number 24. I only posted the top 10 and the bottom three. It was a lot of work to sit there and write all, write all that out. But uh, went through the conference records and based it solely on the, the high end. I mean, every conference is going to have bad teams. I don't care if you're in the SEC, Big 12, Pac-12. Uh, or the Big Sky, or the Metro Atlantic. You're going to have bad teams. You're going to have good teams. So what I based my rankings on were how good are the good teams. And so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on in the podcast. But wanted to go through some of the news of the week first. So congrats to Josh Anderson, Western Kentucky. 1,000 career points, hit that mark this weekend. That's one of my favorite mid-major players. Wrote about Josh over the summer. You can check that out, undraftedfreeagent.com. I think he has NBA talent. If he can get a better three-point shot, he's got the athleticism. I think he can play the defense. He's got the size. You know, he's good enough to play guard as far as length anyways. Uh, In the NBA, he's just got to hit the three-point shot a little bit better. So I I think he's going to get a chance, definitely G League and perhaps Europe. But he's got the athleticism. If he can just get it in from behind the arc. So congrats to Josh Anderson, one of my favorite players in college basketball. Also congrats to North Dakota's head coach, Paul Sather, on his 300th career win. Now, he's only been the head coach at North Dakota, I think, for a second year. But he spent a significant portion of his career coaching Division II, which, hey, 300 wins, still 300 wins. So if you average that out, that's averaging 20 wins a season for 15 years in a row. That's not easy. I don't care if your name's Coach K, Bill Self, 
or Paul Sather, you know, in D2 or Juco, wherever the heck. You win 20 games a year. You're a damn good coach. And, uh, you know, not having the success just yet at North Dakota, but thankfully he's had that opportunity. So he coached at Black Hill State from 2005 to 2010 and Northern State from 2010 to 2019. And he played his college ball at Northern State in the early 90s, I believe. So congrats to Paul Sather. Uh, also, shout out to Jalen Pickett and Sienna. I've talked about him quite a bit on the pod. One of the best mid-major players in the country. He also got 1,000 points this weekend. It's hard to say 1,000 points. I'm, I'm struggling with that. So he got his 1,000 point this week. So, so shout out to Jalen Pickett as well on Siena. Hit the 1,000 point mark as well, just like Josh Anderson. Jalen, one of the best mid-major guards in, in the country. I've spoken about him quite a bit. You can go back to, I think it's episode 10, when I spoke to Siena head coach Carmen Maciarello. So uh, good to see these guys hitting that. Mark Chandler Vodren did it last week, got his 1,000 point. Also, congrats to D2 Northwest Nazarene. They beat Portland State. I talked about this last week. It's weird. Sometimes you just see these insignificant things come across your mailbox. And I thought, well, Portland State rescheduled with a D2 school. But I, this D2 school hadn't played a single game this year. Their season canceled. And I said, hey, man, these boys are going to be up for it. You know, they're going to be up for it against Portland State. And sure enough, they beat them 75-72. So shout out to Northwest Nazarene, man. Big win. And uh, hopefully that's not their only game of the season. But if it is, that's a big one. Hopefully they can, you know, round up another game for those kids uh, some point before the end of 2021. So wanted to go through some of the games and, and interesting stuff on the weekend. So I want to go back to Friday for an interesting tidbit here. So some of you may have saw this. So Arkansas Little Rock was playing Louisiana. And the score is 66-64 for Louisiana. Little Rock's got the ball with a few seconds left. They move it over half court. Then all of a sudden, the lights start going out or the lights start flashing almost. Almost like um, we've all seen like NBA game intros, you know, you're Toronto Raptors. And then there's a big light show when it's all flashing. And that's pretty much what, what started happening with about five seconds left in the game. So you could see the ball handler kind of get discombobulated looking around going, what the hell's going on? Is the game over? I, I thought I had time. So he kind of just passes the ball off to one of his teammates who throws up an ugly shot and Little Rock doesn't win and um, didn't get the shot. And so Louisiana squeaks that one out and Little Rock head coach Daryl Walker goes berserk. And rightfully so. So the lights come on, everything starts flashing. It's like, you know, a Chicago Bulls intro with Michael Jordan walking out on the court. And you wonder, hey, was it on purpose? Was it accidental? I don't know. But uh, crazy to see. But um, that's I, it's kind of funny. I'd forgotten a little bit about Daryl Walker as the head coach at Arkansas Little Rock. Cause he used to be the head coach of Toronto Raptors. You know, obviously I'm, I'm in Toronto and uh, followed Daryl's career pretty closely. So he was an assistant on Brenda Malone's staff during the first ever Raptors team back in, what, 95? It was like 19 when the Raptors came into existence. Which is funny because a lot of people say, oh, you must be this huge Raptors fan, uh, you know, being from Toronto. And I, I do like the Raptors, of course. I've started watching them. You know, my whole adult life. But like I said, I went 19 years on this earth without knowing anything about the Toronto Raptors. So, you know, I grew up watching the Lakers and the Celtics in the 80s. And then I became a big Knicks fan in the 90s, watching the Patrick Ewings and the John Starks and Anthony Masons and, you know, Alan Houston, all these kind of guys. I was a Knicks guy because, you know, being in Toronto, we got the NBC feed. So, you know, I'm watching Sunday afternoon games, Marv Albert. 
calling New York Knicks games, and I loved it. So I was more of a Knicks guy. No, I am not a Knicks guy anymore, although I do love Ignis Brzezikis, one of my Orangeville prep guys, called his high school game. So to support him, but definitely off the Knicks bandwagon. And, I, hey, look, of course I support the Toronto Raptors. You know, been to hundreds of games down at the ACC and now whatever, Scotiabank Arena. But uh, def I'm not a diehard Raptors fan, but cool to see Daryl Walker surface. Um, the Raptors' second he ever head coach now down at Little Rock. And so Daryl was a first-round pick of the New York Knicks in the 1983 NBA draft. Played 10, 11 years in the league. Wrapped up as a bull, I believe, in 93. And so pretty good career. So uh, it was funny to see that. But, yeah, weird game for Arkansas, Little Rock, and Louisiana. I wanted to go over some of the key scores from the past week. We'll go back to Friday because I did the pod Friday afternoon. And so the game's Friday night. Bryant, one of the under-the-radar teams in all of college basketball, they beat Central Connecticut 76-64. Bryant now 92. They've won six games in a row in the Northeast, so watch out for them. Uh, Liberty now 11-4 after a win over Kennesaw State on Friday. They won 69-63. They are the best team in the Atlantic Sun Conference right now, trailed closely by Jacksonville, who's got, they got nine wins maybe, whatever. But uh, Liberty 11-4, looking good. Speaking of looking good, Coastal Carolina now 9-2 after, I think they won back-to-back -back over South Alabama. They won Friday 78-65. But that Sunbelt, man, is a tight race. So Coastal Carolina looking like, you know, the cream of the crop right now, but uh, definitely not a lock, man. That is going to go down to it. And that, the, the Sun Belt's one of those things, and we'll talk about that when I get into the conference rankings a little bit later on in today's episode. But the Sun Belt's going to be one of those things where if they go into the conference tournament, the eight seed could absolutely beat the one. You know, you could see a seven or eight seed win that tournament. It's that close this year, so that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, speaking of watching, I watched the entire Dayton versus Davidson game on the weekend, on Friday night. Excellent game. Uh, Dayton won 89-78. That was my betting pick of the week. Last week, I only had one game. A lot of the lines weren't out. Speaking of betting picks, I will do that at the very end of this episode. So stay tuned. I called that one. It was uh, Dayton plus five and a half, but the line actually shifted. All the money was going towards Davidson. It ended at seven. Um, Davidson was favored by seven, and Dayton won outright. So Jalen Crutcher was huge, 29 points for Dayton. And, I mean, kid's fantastic, but one of the things, I just looked at him kind of from an NBA scout's perspective, and this is going to sound really weird, but his legs are too skinny. Um, if I'm an NBA scout, that concerns me. You know, doesn't look like he has, you know, the power of maybe some of the other guys in the league. And, you know, I've called you know, in the CEBL, the Canadian Elite Basketball League, which it's a summer league. So that's a lot of guys who play in the NBA G League and over in Europe. And, you know, I think the only NBA guy that's ever played in it was Xavier Rattan Mays. And you can just see, it's almost like, you know, a little smaller. This guy's legs a little skinnier. They're not as built athletes as NBA guys. And I worry about Jalen not having the physical kind of structure. Um, but the kick and ball, man. So, uh, you know, I don't know, weird takeaway, but uh, it was an excellent game. Watched the whole damn thing, and uh, congrats to Dayton on that win, but I still don't think they're anywhere close to his, how good they were last year, but still a team to watch. And so uh, they're going to play again, Dayton and Davidson, uh, the 14th, which is, I think that's, what is that, Thursday. So a couple days from Tuesday today, they play on Thursday. So also over the weekend, Western Kentucky beat Louisiana Tech 66-64, uh, and then they split on Sunday, so both Tech 
and Western Kentucky now 9-4 and four in Conference USA. That's another really close conference battle. Watch out for that. That's going to go down to the wire. I thought Western Kentucky was the cream of the crop, but a lot of good teams. UAB looking good. So stay tuned to that one. Speaking of looking good, Boise beat Air Force on Friday 80-69 behind 25 points from Abu Kigab. Good Canadian. Uh, and then they won again last night over Wyoming, 83-60. So Boise has won 11 in a row. That's the first time in program history they've won 11 games in a row. So congrats to the Broncos and everyone surrounding that. I've been preaching them for the past couple weeks on this pod. They are not just one of the best mid-major teams in the country. They're one of the best teams in the country. They're really good. I think they deserve to be ranked. I was scrolling through last night watching some videos, and Andy Katz, like what he does, um, check him out on uh, March Madness. Uh, their their main site, but um, he's kind of with me on the Boise tip. He's got Boise, I think, ranked number 16 on his top 25, and he also had Duke ranked into 30. So <laughs> shout out to Andy Katzman. It looks like we're on the same wavelength right now as far as some of the mid-majors anyway. So Boise State, man, watch out. They are damn good. Speaking of damn good, just mentioned them. UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham, now 9-1 in Conference USA after back-to-back -back wins over Southern Miss. Friday they won 72-60, and then Sunday 62-58. So UAB looking pretty good. I looked at their only loss this season to Chattanooga. So Chattanooga a little bit better than maybe some of us think. So a team that is better than some of us think. Toledo has won seven in a row. They're pretty good in the MAC, man. Watch out for them. So they beat Ohio over the weekend 95-78. They're 10 and three. Uh, they go up against Eastern Michigan tonight. I had a look at the line. I think they're favored by about nine and a half, ten. So Toledo. Favored to win that, looking good to be 11 and three. And I've said who you know you don't want to play who comes out of the MAC. Part of the problem with the MAC is there's so much parity. Everyone's so close. So a lot of 500 teams, but they're all really good. So Toledo looks to be kind of stepping to the forefront. I've talked about Marion Jackson, my guy on that team. Love him, and uh, hoping he can do some big things as we head towards March. So speaking of big things, Winthrop now 11 and 0 after back-to-back -back wins over Gardner Webb. Um, they're looking really good. And coming up this week, they play Longwood back-to-back. -back. So for my money, you know, you're looking at a 13-0 Winthrop come Sunday. And so I had a look at their schedule. Competition in the Big South this year, they look to be the, the cream of the crop. And so there is a realistic chance Winthrop could go undefeated through the regular season. Now, it looks like their schedule wraps up sometime mid-February. So they could be kind of sitting there for a little bit before March Madness, and that could come into effect. You know, I would love to see them maybe add a game or two, you know, even against a D2 team, something just to keep the keep the blood racing. Because if you do win that conference tournament, whatever, and you do, do get a berth to the NCAA tournament, you don't want to be sitting around for two, three weeks not playing a game. So Winthrop looking like they could run the table, just like Gonzaga now. Obviously, the level of competition they're playing nowhere near to what Gonzaga is. But, hey, you, you can only win who, who they put in front of you. And so, shout out to Winthrop, man. They're looking good. Speaking of looking good, the Citadel, now 8-0 after its win over Chattanooga on Saturday, 92-87. So, believe it or not, the Citadel has the number two scoring offense in the NCAA. Looked this up over the weekend. I may have changed uh, since then. But only behind Gonzaga right now. Gonzaga, number one offense in the country. Obviously, uh, you know, you got like four or five NBA players on the team. But the Citadel, not far behind them, number two, man. So this is a sneaky good team. Watch out for them. Now, here's my trivia question of the day. Where is the Citadel? And this is where I plug in some Jeopardy music and 
Oh, speaking of Jeopardy, shout out to Alex Trebek and Ken Jennings. I, I, I'm one of those. I watch Jeopardy every day. I PVR it um, along with college basketball, and that, I watch Jeopardy. That's pretty much it. Throwing an odd Seinfelds and Friends episode, but um, it was cool to see last night. I watched the first ever time Ken Jennings hosted. I think he did a great job, and nice tribute to Alex Trebek in the beginning. Beginning so uh, that. So where is the Citadel? It is in Charleston, South Carolina. To be honest, I did not know that till I looked that up over the, week, over the weekend, and obviously I'm familiar with them. Military college in Charleston, but right now eight no, looking damn good. Watch out for them. So over the weekend, uh, watch the entire VCU game. Virginia Commonwealth, they lost to Rhode Island 83-68. Now, for the past couple weeks, I've been preaching how good VCU is. They look terrible. They look flat. They had no energy. They are one of the most inconsistent mid-major teams I've seen this year. There is one week they look like they could compete with, you know, Baylor. You know, run with Baylor for a while, or I'm not going to say Gonzaga, <laughs> but uh, they look pretty damn good. And then the next week, they can't even hang with Rhode Island. So I, it's just really Jekyll and Hyde. That's one of those teams. If you are betting, probably stay away from VCU for a little bit till they can find their groove. They got they got players talent wise. They are a top five mid major team in the NCAA, but they just can't get it together every single night. And uh, hopefully, they can get that straightened out. Missouri State 8-1 after beating Valparaiso over the weekend, 81-68. Looking pretty good in the MVC. I mean, Drake still the cream of the crop at 13-0. But uh, Missouri State going to be in that conversation. So on Saturday, also I watched the entire Colorado State win over UNLV. Colorado State now 8-2, one of the best mid-major teams in the country. Sneaky good. Watch out for them in the Mountain West. I mean, other than Boise State, Colorado State going to be in that convo along with San Diego State as well. And then they're going to have a back-to-back -back with Boise coming up January 27th, 29th. So that's going to be, I mean, that's going to be some great basketball. Might want to circle that on your calendar if you are going to check out some mid-major hoops. So another mid-major team showing out early. Southern Utah, 9-1. They beat Idaho over the weekend, 83-67. Looking like the cream of the crop in the big sky. So that's going to be one of those sneaky teams to keep an eye on as we head towards March. Speaking of sneaky teams, Belmont, 12-1. They beat Utah Martin, 89-69 over the weekend. And they are the cream of the crop in the Ohio Valley, the OVC. So Belmont could be dancing again this year. Watch out for them. N no particular one or two guy to watch out for. They're all just pretty good, well coached. You know, it's 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 Belmont. So, uh, so also on Saturday, watched a little bit of the San Diego State game. They beat Nevada 69-67. And speaking of that, you know, I talked about Nevada's guard Grant Sherfield one of my under-the-radar players from a couple weeks ago. And then just today, I saw John Rothstein tweeting out, oh, Grant Sherfield's established himself as, uh, you know, one of the best or the best guard in, in the Mountain West. And I'm like, hey, you know, is there an echo in here? So it's nice to see that, you know, some of the so-called experts are kind of a couple weeks behind me. I saw that with Jalen Suggs. I'm like, this dude can play. I told you I watched Grant Sherfield play for two minutes. I went, ooh, this guy's, a, this guy's a pretty good player. So it's nice to see that... Uh, some of the big boys uh, a little bit behind me on, on catching up on that. That was a good game. So Trey Pulliam on San Diego State, buzzer beater right at the end. A layup went, you know, basically from half court, laid it in, uncontested. Would have liked to have seen some better defense from Nevada, but San Diego State still, I mean, not as good as they were last year, but they're going to be in the convo, man. They got some guys. Also, later Saturday, Santa Clara with the upset over St. Mary's, 66-64, behind 23 points from Keyshawn Justice. Also watched on the weekend a little bit of the Norfolk State versus Morgan State. It was a good game. 
Norfolk State won 89-85. Yes, how do I do a mid-major podcast? I watch a an obscene amount of college basketball. I'm sitting watching Morgan State, Norfolk State. What it is, you know, I've told you I'm a traffic reporter. Worked for a couple of big stations here in Toronto, and traffic's been dead. Obviously, a lot, you know, we're in lockdown. Not a lot of people on the road. So, in order to keep myself sane. You know, I have a computer set up next to my desk while I'm reporting on traffic. I always put a game or two on just next to me. So I'm kind of sitting there for eight hours and I have the chance to sit and absorb all these games and watch a lot of them. I don't have the sound on for most of them um, on, on the weekends, but you can at least I sit and make notes in between my fictional traffic reports. It's It's been tough, man. Now, the good news is City of Toronto, I shouldn't say the good news is, for me, the fortunate news is in, in Toronto, someone's always crashing into each other. I mean, the volume isn't usually what it has been over the past 20 years, but someone's always going to crash into somebody and uh, always news to report on. That, that keeps me a little busy and a little employed, thankfully. Also watched some of the Indiana State win over Loyola on the weekend, Loyola Chicago. Now, I don't think Loyola Chicago is good as advertised. I saw the collegeinsider.com. That's a lot of the mid-major coaches voting, and they had them like number one, number two, nowhere near that. They also have Winthrop as the number one mid-major team, which is mind-blowing. Anyways, I don't really want to get into that. But um, I don't think Loyola Chicago as good as advertised this year. And I also think that bodes well for Drake. You know, I talked about how Loyola Chicago could be the stumbling block for Drake in the MVC. Drake's still 13-0, but with these kind of results, I, you know, you never know. It looks like Drake could, uh, could knock them off back-to-back upcoming. So I mentioned off the top, I wrote an article on undraftedfreeagent.com. I urge you all to go check out the site. And of course, you know, click subscribe on the podcast. Drop me a line on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Let me know where you're listening from. I can see the downloads quite a bit all over the United States. I got downloads in the Dominican Republic, Ireland, Hong Kong, and of course here in Canada where I am at. So everything's going really good. Appreciate all your support. Drop me a line on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Click subscribe, keep following, and uh, also check me out on YouTube. I always post a couple clips from the pod with some video on there. So uh, I want to uh, I went through the every single conference this weekend and put a ranking on them as far as the conference as a whole. And so I went 1 through 24 for those who don't know, there are 24 mid-major programs or mid-major conferences, excuse me. And uh here are the top 10. So number 1, obviously this year right now the West Coast Conference, the number 1 mid-major conference in, in basketball. And you could argue right now they, they could be the best conference in all of basketball. I mean, you know, hey, Big 12, Big 10 going to be in that conversation as well. But um, Gonzaga, number one team in the country out of the West Coast Conference. So as a conference as a whole, they have a record of 64 wins, 31 losses. That is as of, what was that, Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern. I was calculating all this when I got this done. BYU and St. Mary's both nine and three in that conference. Santa Clara seven and two. You got San Francisco eight and five. And of course, remember Santa Clara beat Virginia earlier this year. So I think top to bottom, no conference has more talent than the West Coast Conference. Clearly, the number one mid-major conference in college basketball. Number two, right now, this is 2021. This isn't over the past five years. This isn't you know six months ago, six years ago. This is right now who are the best conferences. So I believe the second best mid-major conference is the Mountain West. They have a record of 64 and 44. 
Boise State, now 11-1 after their, their win. Mentioned 11 wins in a row. They are deep and talented. Got high major guys. Devin Dutri from Arizona. Abu Kigab, Canadian guy. Oregon transfer. They got dudes, man. So watch out for Boise State. You got San Diego State at 9-2. Colorado State, 8-2. The high end of the Mountain West is elite. That's why I have them as the second best conference. Number three, A-10. A lot of people will tell you the A-10, the best mid-major conference. I don't think so right, right now. I mean, St. Louis 7-1, and one, they're ranked number 24 in the AP poll. But I don't really think they're that good. You got Richmond and VCU. They're both 9-3. and three, And they got high-end mid-major talent on their roster. But I think there's some teams underperforming in the A-10, including Dayton, who are 6-3, and three, but looking to be kind of moving the needle a little bit north. The fourth best mid-major conference I have is the MAC, the Mid-American Conference. They're 56 and 51. I talked about the parity in their conference. Toledo tops the MAC at 10 and 3 with Bowling Green 9 and 2, not far behind them. A lot of good teams, but they're all 500 because, you know, especially playing these back-to-backs and stuff like that sometimes and Mac not necessarily doing that, but it's it's just such a tough conference top to bottom and it doesn't matter if you're the 1 seed or the 8-9 seed you can get caught any night, and uh, that's kind of why, I mean, I think you, you could make an argument the MAC is the best mid-major conference in basketball. So many good players. It's an older league, but um, I think they all kind of uh, cannibalize each other sometimes, and you see that with the 56-51 and 51 record. Number five, I have Conference USA. So there's a lot of teams in Conference USA. So right now they have a record of 92 wins, 58 losses. Four teams have nine wins in Conference USA, including UAB at 9-1. and one. Rice is 9-3, and three, and both Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky, 9-4. and four. They played each other this past weekend and split both games. So, you know, every team in the conference has quality, but they got a tough schedule. And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, again, Conference USA. Again, another conference you can make an argument could be the best. Number six, Sunbelt. Their record as a conference, 80-55. and 55, Could be the most evenly matched conference top to bottom. Coastal Carolinas look really good so far. They're 9-2. Appalachian State, 9-4. But there's seven other seven or eight other teams in that conference that could literally win it. So the fun belt, man, it's going to be fun. That one is going to come right down to it in their conference tournament. The seventh best conference I have right now is the MVC, the Missouri Valley. Uh, they have a record of 60-43. and 43. Drake is 13-0, one of the best mid-major teams in college basketball. Missouri State 8-1, Loyola Chicago and Southern Illinois, both 7-3. Now, it's pretty decent talent top to bottom. I don't think it's as good as some of the ones I mentioned before, which is why I had them a little bit down, but still a lot of talent in the MVC. Speaking of talent, the Ohio Valley Conference, they have a record of 65-64. and 64. So Belmont kind of pulling up the socks of the OVC. They're 12-1. Eastern Kentucky, sneaky team, 11-2. I bet, I bet if I ask you, you know, who, who's the second best team right now in the OVC, Eastern Kentucky, wouldn't come to mind, but they're 11 and 2, man. You know, the high end of the OVC, really good. The bottom end, not that good. So, number nine, I have the Southern Conference. Right now, they got a record of 69 wins, 35 losses. I mean, the record speaks for itself. Could be the most wide open conference in NCAA. You know, everyone has a legit shot to win the SOCON come March. Chattanooga's 10 and 3. The Citadel, who I talked about, 8 and 0. And they got Furman at 8 and 3. And even Mercer, pretty good team. I think what's Mercer now at 7 and 3, I believe, right now. A lot of good teams. Down there in the SOCOM, man, pretty wide open. And then finally, in the number 10 conference, I have the Southland Conference. Now, their record as a whole is 55 and 86. Now, what I said is the high end of the conference is what I'm basing this on. Abilene Christian, 
I think one of the top 10 mid-major programs in college basketball right now. Stephen F. Austin has been one of the 10 best mid-major programs over the past seven, eight years. They've had a bunch of pauses in their program. Looks like they're getting back this week. They're 5-2, and two, um, but they've had a whole bunch of canceled games, and it's kind of killed their momentum. But Stephen F. Austin, a damn good team, a lot of good players. Also, Sam Houston State, 9-5, and five, and they're going to be in the mix come conference tournament in Katy, Texas as well. So the three worst conferences I have ranked as far as the mid-majors go is the bottom three, third last I had the Summit League. So only South Dakota has a record above 500. They're 8-3. and three. And then you have the MEAC. They're just 22-57 and 57 as a conference. Uh, but the worst I had of all is the SWAC, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And I love the SWAC. I mean, the record speaks for itself. As a conference, they're just 13-49 and 49 right now. And their best team is Arkansas Pine Bluff at 3-8. and eight. So the, the best team in the conference is a record of 3-8. and eight. So no arguments from SWAC fans uh, on this one. They are, right now, the worst conference in college basketball. So if you wanted to go look at that list, of course, go check out undraftedfreeagent.com. I got them all listed. I didn't want to go through all 24 for you, but uh, there's the top 10. So last segment of the day, I wanted to get into my betting picks. I'm going to include a non-mid-major because I've been riding this team for the past couple weeks. I think they're one of the five best teams in the country. They finally got them up to number seven in the AP poll, but people still slipping. Yeah, I like Michigan tonight, minus three and a half over Wisconsin. Take the Wolverines, good team, loaded, could be top three, four team in the country. Wisconsin, I think a little overrated. Obviously, they play great defense every year, but uh, go blue. And then my mid-major game of the week, as far as betting picks, is pretty simple. So we got Chattanooga minus one over Mercer tomorrow, which is Wednesday. Uh, Chattanooga ten and three. Talked about them. Uh, they lost to the Citadel their last game. Citadel undefeated. So losing to a pretty decent team. Mercer has lost two in a row. So they started out red hot. I think they were like seven and zero to start, and they've kind of slid a little bit off. I think Chattanooga's got a little bit more momentum. The game started off as a pick. So hey. Go with the mocks, minus one, and there you go. So thanks for joining me on the Undrafted Free Agent Mid-Major Podcast. I'm Chris McKee. Of course, click subscribe wherever you're listening to us, Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, Google, whatever the heck. Uh, drop me a line on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Keep on listening. I'm going to keep pumping them out. The beating of my heart.